And welcome to Varsity Videos, brought to you by the OHIO Podcast. Here at Varsity Videos, we review and rank sports films from the Super Bowl to the Toilet Bowl. I am your host, Chris Wilds, a self-proclaimed popcorn expert, a podcaster, and today I am joined by my co-host, Eric Boggs. Eric, how are we doing today? Fantastic, Chris. I'm looking forward to the show. I'm actually really um, excited about it, to be honest with you. I think we've got some good matchups in our 64 movie matchup, and I think we got a great movie to review, so I'm excited. Let's dive in, man. Okay, well, Eric, let's start out with a little movie news. Now, it's no secret that here at Varsity Videos, we love us some Adam Sandler. Well, Adam Sandler is coming back into the sports movie genre in 2022 with Hustle. Have you seen anything about this yet, Eric? No, but I I wonder, is this going to be a remake of the original Hustle? Well, I'll tell you. Adam Sandler plays a down-on-his-luck basketball scout who discovers an extraordinary player abroad, brings him, uh, brings the phenom back with him without team approval. Uh, Eric, I saw the trailer. It looks pretty good, especially for a Netflix film. Hmm. Now, we've been highly critical of Netflix films here, especially myself. But I saw two trailers. Both were available on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And I thought they both looked really good. Yeah, I'm actually watching it right now. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. The the movie stars of, as I said, Adam Sandler, Queen Latifah, Robert Duvall, who just phenomenal. Uh, Julia White, who most people better know as Steve Urkel. He, uh, <laughs> he is in the film, as well as nice. cameos from a ton of NBA talent. Uh, Eric, this film is set to release on Netflix June the 10th. And I am really, really looking forward to this film. Yeah. You know what? I as I sit here and I watch the uh the uh preview for this thing, the trailer, it looks like a legit like could be yeah. released in theaters type of thing, not just some quick Netflix thing they threw together. Yeah, I thought so absolutely. And like I said, they brought some star power to this movie. Yeah. I mean Sandler, you know, I I love Sandler. You know, it's no secret we've both said that in the past. Queen Latifah, I think, is an exceptional talent. And then, like I said, Robert Duvall, uh, you know, loved him in Kicking and Screaming. Uh, you know, this guy has serious acting chops outside of the comedic sports genre stuff. Um, yeah, just a tremendous, tremendous film by the looks of it. So really looking forward to that. Netflix, June the 10th. Can't wait to watch Hustle. So, Eric, you mentioned it before. We have four really great movie matchups here. You want to take us through those real quick? Sure, absolutely. So, um, of course, you, by now you know if you've been listening to uh, our podcast. And if you're not and this is your first time, welcome. Um, we do a 64 sports movie challenge. And since we're in the midst of March Madness as we speak, it just makes more sense the, as we dive into this. We are in the second half of the first round. So this is our fifth week now. Of our first round matchups, we have four brackets, that being best of the rest bracket, just kind of a miscellaneous of great sports movies that we missed last year when we did the 64 sports movie challenge. The Olympic bracket, of course, Olympic sports movies, the sequel bracket and remake bracket, that's self-explanatory, and the family-friendly bracket, all movies PG or G. Uh, which bracket you want to start with tonight here, Chris? I'll tell you what, let's go with the best of the rest. 
the best of the rest, number seven seed for the love of the game versus number 10 seed Invictus. Okay, for the love of the game, released in 1999, a PG-13 film rating. Uh, it stars Kevin Costner, Kelly Preston, John Riley, and the film is about um, about a baseball player who, after 19 uh, years of playing the game, he's loved his whole life. Uh, that he has loved his whole life. The Detroit Tigers pitcher Billy Chapel has to decide if he's going to risk everything and put everything out there for this love of his life or the love of the game. Great love story, and I'll be honest, it I had not seen it in a long, long time, probably since 1999 from beginning to end. Good, good movie. That's yes. the number seven seed going up against from 2009 Invictus, also PG-13 rating, a new film to me. I had never seen this one yet. Uh, it stars Morgan Freeman, better known as the voice of God. Matt Damon, this is his second sports movie for us. He's been in this uh, in this challenge. Uh, those are the two main characters uh, that you would know and a bunch of uh, other actors uh, from the South uh, African country. Uh, Invictus is about Nelson Mandela, who, who in his first term as president of South Africa, initiates a unique venture to unite the um, uh, war-torn land uh, and enlist the national rugby team on a mission to win the 1995 Rugby World Cup. Again, a new film to me. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's definitely one that I'll have to watch a second time, I think, to let it really sink in. That's our first matchup, Chris. Uh, ha- here's how it goes. Your vote is verse one is for is equal to one third of the final vote. I'm equal to one third, and the fans who voted on our Facebook page are one third of the vote. So, Chris, you're up first. Number seven seed for the love of the game versus number ten seed Invictus. Who you got? Well, first of all, I, let me tell you. I think the one word that actually describes both these movies is powerful. I really do. Um, you know, I loved Invictus, but I think I, I, I'm i a baseball guy at heart. Give me for the love of the game. I thought Costner was just absolutely great. Uh, Kelly Preston, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go f- uh, for the love of the game. You know me. I love a good baseball movie as well. Um, I love for the love of the game. Strong movie. And you know what? You and I are not the only ones. By a final vote of 23 to 1, for the love of the game, wins and moves on to the second round and will uh, wait the winner of Radio versus The Wrestler. That's a a great matchup. Yeah. And whoever wins is going to be a great matchup as well for this one. Uh, Let's go ahead and add Invictus to our flick chart, shall we? Sure. We'll do it that way this week. Last last couple weeks, we've waited to the end of uh, of uh, the voting for all four brackets, but let's take it one at a time. All right, Invictus. First up against 1976, the Bad News Bears. I love the Bad News Bears. I, I can't go against them. You know what? I, I'm not as big a fan. I think I'm going to go with Invictus. Oh, we got a flip for it then. All right. Right, off so, the, right out of the gates, Eric. Yeah. Do you got a quarter or a handy? Do you want to flip or you want me to? Uh, if you've got one handy, that's great. If not, I can grab one. All right. What do you want to be today? Heads or tails? Uh, let me go tails today. 
All right. Tails, it's Invictus. Heads, it's the Bad News Bears. And as always, Heads wins. <laughs> I just, I'm so lucky. when I got to play you in poker, man. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. Invictus against, from 2006, the Flying Scotsman. I think I'm going to go Invictus here. I am as well. All right. Invictus. Uh, to, uh, here's a soccer one from 1995. The lovable, the big green. Oh, man. These are two so different takes on soccer. Very. Well, one's rugby. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, one's, yeah. Very yeah, similar to, to, us, to us uncultured American swine. It's the same sport. <laughs> you know what? I think I, I, I love the big green, but I think Invictus is just a better movie. Let's flip for it because I'm for the big green. So you said tails for Invictus, heads for the big green. And you win this one. Tails is the winner. All right. Invictus against from 2020, the way back. I'm I'm all the way back here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with the way back here as well. Sorry, Damon. You couldn't beat out Affleck on this one, buddy. All right. Invictus is going to have to go up against Kevin Costner again from 2014 draft day. Wow. This hits me close to home, Eric. I'm a Browns guy. I know you are. I'm going to take... You know what? Invictus is the better movie, though. I'm going to take it. All right, let's flip for it. I'm draft day. Man, we a lot of flipping here for... And heads, so draft day gets this one. I'm not upset about that. Uh Uh-oh. Invictus against from 1985, Teen Wolf. You know which way I'm going. And you know which way I'm going. <laughs> There's no secret about my lack of love for Teen Wolf. I know. I got to get you back on board, man. Well, first off, it's from the 80s, so it automatically gets bonus points for that. All right. I dropped my quarter. That's why there was a hesitation here. Here we go. You pick tails. I got heads. And heads it is. Teen Wolf with the win. Invictus against the Turkey Bowl from 2019. I'm going Turkey Bowl. I absolutely love that movie. I love Turkey Bowl, too. Yep. All right. Invictus is now number 59 on Flick Chart. And since uh, Bad News Bears was the first one it went up with, how about we go to the sequel bracket next? Okay. Sounds good. All right. So in the sequel bracket, which sequels and remakes, I should say, we have a couple remakes from 2005. Let's start with the other one. The number eight seed. This is a number eight versus number nine seed. So very close. The number eight seed is The Karate Kid, a remake on the 80s cult classic Karate Kid. Uh, This stars Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith as the two main actors here. And this has a rating of PG. And a work causes a single mother to move to China with her young son in his new home. The boy embraces Kung Fu taught to him by a master. This is going up against another remake from 2005 bad news bears with a PG 13 rating. And it earned every bit of that PG 13. I might say Uh, it stars one of my favorite actors, Billy Bob Thornton. It's got Greg Keener in it and Marcy Gay Harden. It's a grizzled little league coach tries to turn his team of misfits into champs. Chris, um, I tell you, I'm not a big fan of the Karate Kid remake. I love Karate Kid. I love what Netflix has been doing with the series Cobra Kai. But this spin on the Karate Kid with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith, I think, falls flat. 
where Bad News Bears, I love the remake. I thought Billy Bob Thornton was fantastic as Morris Buttermaker. I loved every second of it. That and, and give me Bad News Bears all day long. What's your take? Yeah, I'm with you. I the, the new Karate Kid movie. I just absolutely I detest it. I don't like it at all. Uh, I don't think it did justice at all to the movies that came before. And let me tell you, I'm not a huge Bad News Bears fan as far as the original goes, but I loved the new one. I, I absolutely love Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, his role. he was born for that role. <laughs> he, he did the, the his character and portrayal did it for me in this one. I'm bad news bears as well. So by a vote of 19 to five, we just put that one out this morning. Bad news bears got the vote over the karate kid from our fans as well. Bad news bears will move on. This is the second nine over eight we have had in the 64 sports movie challenge. Like you said, it is an upset, but not a huge upset. So bad news bears will move on to take on the number one film and probably the number one film overall in the 64 sports movie challenge. Rocky two. So good luck, Billy Bob, in the second round. That means we get to add the Karate Kid now to our flick chart. So let me type that one in real fast. And the Karate Kid from 2010. There we go. And we're going to add it. And right off the bat, the first movie it goes up against is, as oh, of course, the original, The Bad News Bears from 1976, Chris. You know, I've said before, I'm not a big fan of the original, but I like it better than I do this Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. So I'll take Bad News Bears. All right. The Karate Kid against the Flying Scotsman from 2006. You know, the Flying Scotsman isn't a bad film. It's not. In fact, I'm picking it. I think I am as well. All right. The Karate Kid against the original Space Jam from 1996. Ah, now here, here you go. We got two films neither one of us really like. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Space here. Jam. Okay, gonna we're gonna Space flip. Jam. All right, heads. It's uh, Karate Kid. Uh, Tails, Space Jam. Tails, it is. Space Jam wins. The Karate Kid against Soul Surfer from 2011. I think you know I'll take what? the Karate Kid. I'm finally gonna take the Karate Kid here. All right, the Karate Kid against Mr. 3000. Oh, Mr. 3000. I'll take Karate Kid. I really don't like Mr. 3000. That is not my jam. And Tails, again, Mr. 3000 with the win. The Karate Kid against American Flyers from 1985. You, you know, well, I got a lot of hatred for this Karate Kid movie. Uh, give me Kevin Costner in this one. Me too. American give Flyers. American Flyers. Yeah. The Karate Kid against Rebound from 2005. Here I can You're, get the Karate Kid. Yeah, I, I can go with Karate Kid here. The Karate Kid now sits at number 88 on our flick chart. All right, we got Olympic bracket and family friendly. Which one you want first? Let's talk about some Olympic bracket. Let's do that, shall we? Number four seeded Cool Runnings against number 13 seeded Peaceful Warrior. I actually got some thoughts on Peaceful Warrior, but let's start with Cool Runnings first. Uh, released in 1993, uh, PG rating. Uh, it, it stars John Candy. Oh, gosh, John Candy. 
How I miss you. Such an amazing talent. Leon, Dougie Doug, some of the uh, people we've talked about before. This is one of two films that was in our original 64 Sports Movie Challenge, and it's going up against the number 13-seated Peaceful Warrior, released in 2006 to a PG-13 rating. It uh, uh, stars Scott McClowski or McClowicks. I can't pronounce that name. Amy Smart and a fan of ours, Nick Nolte. Um, Peaceful Warrior is about a chance encounter with a strange stranger changes the life of a college gymnast. This movie was nothing what I expected at all, Chris. Yeah. Um, this has kind of a ghost, if you will. Yeah. Uh, type of not ghost the movie, but like a a a, a ghost like a boo type of ghost. Yeah. Where I, I I mean I just don't know how to really explain it. You just kind of have to watch it. It's different. It's not bad. It's not great. Um, but it is unique. I've watched it twice, and both yeah. times I'm not really sure I grasp what I'm supposed to get from this. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> it was, it was like trying to follow a Tarantino film, only not as good without all the good dialogue. Right. And, yeah, and cool music. Yeah, exactly. So let me tell you, Eric, I just got a few short words for you on this one. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's bobsled time. How can Give you be cool? Running. Yeah, how can you vote against John Candy for real? I mean, in all honesty, right. Um, it's so hard to do that. I, I love that man. He he was gone way before his time. Cool Runnings, the fans voted 41 to 1. One person gave Peaceful Warriors a vote. Um, thank you, Mandy, for that. Um, cool Runnings dominates. Cool Runnings will move on to place the winner of two films I've never seen before. Number five-seeded Foxcatcher or number 12-seeded Race. So um, yeah. two, those are going to be brand new to me. Cool Runnings moves on, which means we now get to put Peaceful Warrior in our flick chart. So let me type that one in here real quick, and let's see where it lands. Very interesting, interesting film. Very different. Peaceful Warrior against, from 2011, Warrior. <laughs> oh, I, I liked Warrior much better. Yeah, that, that's got a lot of meat to, on it to, to bite into. That movie does. Uh, Peaceful Warrior against a film you're not a big fan of, Semi-Pro. I love Semi-Pro. You know what? I'm actually going to go Semi-Pro here. All right. Peaceful Warrior against Above the Rim from 1994. I'm not oh, a above huge the Above rim. the Rim fan, but I'm I'm going to pick it here. Yeah, and I think well. you did you did as well. Okay. Peaceful Warrior against Soul Surfer. Hmm. I, I kind of want to go with Soul Surfer on this one, Eric. I think I'm going to take I'm going to take the uh, one arm sur- uh, female surfer here. Yeah. You know, but those movies kind of were similar in a way, slightly. With the injury aspect of things. Yeah. All right. The the, the Dennis Quaid factor puts it over the top. Over the top. You got it. Peaceful Warrior against from 1974, one of your uh, boy fan uh, movies, Warrior. Or excuse me, The Wrestler. Here's where I'll go Peaceful Warrior. Sorry. Yeah. You know what? I will too. All right. I, I, I can't make. I would love to be able to make an argument for The Wrestler. It's got a few good comic I, spots, I think, but it's I not think we, good. Yeah, I think we got another win here. 
Peaceful Warrior against Personal Best from 1982. Yeah, I'm going to go Peaceful Warrior here, too. Yeah, not a big fan of Personal Best. Oh, my gosh. Peaceful Warrior against from 1988, Caddyshack 2. You know, that's... Are you going to do it? I am. I am. Give me Caddyshack. All right. Me too. Caddyshack 2. Peaceful Warrior now at a pretty pitiful number 92 on our flick chart out of 95 movies. Ooh, ouch. That leads us to our family-friendly films, and that would be number three-seeded Cars, the animated classic against number 14-seeded Like Mike. Again, New one to me. Was not a big Lil Bow Wow fan growing up, so I I didn't yeah didn't really get into this film. Two thousand and two, I would have been in college anyways. Uh, stars Shad Moss, Jonathan Lipnicki, and Morris Chestnut. Uh, a thirteen year old orphan becomes an NBA superstar after trying on a pair of sneakers with the faded initials MJ inside. Uh, by the way, a film that has Mike's name in it, but yet doesn't include Michael Jordan other than his initials and shoes. Interesting. Uh, cars from 2006 rated G, a hot shot race car named Lightning McQueen gets waylaid in, in Radiator Springs where he finds the true meaning of friendship and family. Stars the voices of Owen Wilson, Bonnie Hunt, Paul Newman, and a cast of others that we will talk about here shortly. Uh, what you got here, Chris? Number three cars, number 14, like Mike. Pick one. Well, I'm just waiting for the, the remake, like LBJ, to come out soon. Uh, hopefully it's better than like Lord. Mike because I did not enjoy like Mike. <laughs> give me cars. Uh, give me cars all day long, and you'll find out here why shortly. And the listeners here voted 28 to 8. So not a not a runaway for cars like Mike got got eight votes, which is interesting. But you and I agree. Did the same with person the vote eight times, Eric? No, they did not. There was okay. quite a few. Frank, Omar, and six other people voted for like Mike. Okay, so let's add like Mike to our flick chart here, shall we? Let's do it. All right. First up, as I hit add to my flick chart. Like Mike against from 2011, Warrior. Give me Warrior. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like Mike against Semi-Pro, two basketball films. I'll take Semi-Pro. Yeah, I'm going to as well. I was, Like I said, Like Mike was not – I did not enjoy it. Keeping with the basketball theme, Like Mike against from 1994, Above the Rim. Oh, Above the Rim. Me as well. Like Mike against from 2011, Soul Surfer. Soul Surfer. You're gonna, okay. take, you're gonna take like okay. Mike, aren't you? Okay. Nope. Like Mike against Personal Best. I will hear though. I will as well. Like Mike against Peaceful Warrior from 2006. Two new ones. I think I'm gonna go Peaceful Warrior. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And like Mike now number 93 of 96 on our flick chart. All right, so uh, there you go, Chris. Those were ours. We'll have four new ones for uh, our next show. Chris, it's time to introduce what film we're going to be diving into tonight. What are we going to be talking about? Well, I'll tell you, Eric, you've already started talking to us a little bit about it, and that is Cars. 
travel on There's one day here and the next day gone Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand Sometimes you turn your back to the wind There's a world outside every darkened door Where blues won't haunt you anymore Where the brave are free and lovers soar Come ride with me to the distant shore We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate There's not much time left today Wonderful animated classic. Uh, it was released June 9th of 2006. It had a budget of $120 million, and it actually made a box office of $462 million. Wow. Highly successful film. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it was written by John Lasseter, John Ramp, and Jorgen Klubin. Uh, it was Good old directed- Jorgen. <laughs> What's that? Good old Jorgen. Little Jorgen, uh, directed by John Laster and John uh, Joe Ramped as well, produced by Darla Anderson and Thomas Porter, distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. Uh, the music was done by Randy Newman, as is the case with many uh, Disney associated movies. Main actors in the movie were, as you mentioned, Owen Wilson, who voices Lightning McQueen, Larry the Cable Guy as Mater, who he kills it absolutely kills in this movie paul newman is doc hudson bonnie hunt voices sally michael keaton is chick hicks the king richard petty is the king King. tony shaloub he plays luigi cheech marin is in there as ramon Catherine hellman who many people remember from who's the boss and soap Mm -hmm. uh is in there as lizzie of course you mentioned george carlin as fillmore and Disney's go-to guy, John Ratzenberger, yes. Yes. he plays multiple char- multiple characters in the movie, including Mac. Jeremy Piven uh, is in there as Lightning McQueen's agent Marv. Uh, and there are cameos by uh, numerous people, including Jay Leno. And then Disney had some A-list celebrities in there. Tom Hanks, uh, Tim Allen, Billy Crystal, John Goodman. And from the sports world, we actually had racing legends Michael Schumacher, Mario Andretti, Dale Waltrip, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. in there, joining Richard Petty and sportscaster Bob Costas to give the sport or to give the film just a little bit of sports cred. So, Eric, currently, Cars is globally ranked on Flick Chart at 2622nd. It has been ranked 465,000. 921 times by 66,102 flick chart users. 5,159 users have it ranked in their top 20 films. And believe it or not, 212 have it ranked at number one. That's a lot of number one votes for an animated feature. Yeah. So, Eric, that is the numbers on cars. 
So why don't you take us on our deep dive into this absolutely wonderful movie? Yes, let's rev our engines and get on get on the track here. That was a terrible pun. Sorry. Um, okay, first off, before we dive into this, let me say this. I mentioned this in our last show. Cars was a favorite of my son's growing up. Uh, we we watched this thing to pieces to the point where I, I kind of got sick of the thing. And I have not watched Cars in a long, long time. He's about right. This, yes. this boy I'm talking about is graduating here in a few months. So um, from high school. So that's how long it's been. I loved it. I forgot how good of a film this really is. And and I'm not just talking about from the nostalgia of being something that I watched with my son a hundred times. Right. I'm talking about as an actual film. It is really really good so let's dive right into this there's three parts of this film you can really break it down before radiator springs during his time in radiator springs and then at the end in california during the last race here we go we're introduced to lightning queen as he races around the track in the final race of the season to see who will win the piston cup the king, as you said, Richard Petty, is trying to win one more before he retires. And Chick Hicks, who is perennially finished in second, is trying to dethrone the king. Hicks causes a wreck to try and knock McQueen out, who's the hot shot rookie uh, in his first year in the Piston Cup. But he makes it through the wreckage and then stays out when everyone else pits in order to take the lead. We learn that Lightning has fired several crew chiefs during this season, and now it has possibly cost him as he blew two tires on the final lap after getting a huge lead. And then a photo finish reveals a three-way tie between Hicks himself and the King, prompting the Piston Cup officials to announce they will have one race between the three to determine the winner in one week in California. Mac, Lightning's tr- uh, Lightning McQueen's truck, uh, again, another phenomenal voice. John Ratzenberger, like you said, plays Mac here, voices him. Tells him he needs to do needs to uh, what he needs to do and go thank uh, his sponsors, who Lightning McQueen kind of doesn't really like because he wants the Dynamo sponsor that will be looking for a new race car because the king is retiring and that is his sponsor. Uh, McQueen's feeling a little bit inferior to those who support his sponsor Rusty's because it's mostly rusty cars (laughs) and he's of course the new shiny thing mac and lightning begin the long haul across country to a traveling montage with life is a highway playing in the background sung by the country group rascal flats who are from down the street in columbus ohio lightning gets a call from his agent harv who you mentioned who tells him he was given 20 free tickets to give his friends when Lightning can't even name one person, Chris, as his true friend. Mac informs him that he needs to pull over to sleep at a rest stop, but Lightning insists that they are going to travel throughout the night to get to California first so he can schmooze with the Dynaco uh, company. Mac finally nods off, and after hitting the rumble strips, one of Lightning's merch toys falls off of the shelf, hits the hatch button, and opens up, sending a sleeping Lightning McQueen out into the oncoming traffic. 
He wakes up and narrowly, narrowly avoids a collision. Mac has no idea that McQueen has fallen out of the back of his trailer as he continues down the road. Lightning tries to track down Mac and believes he's a, he has uh, exited the interstate when he finds himself on Route 66. But the big truck that he's chasing down isn't Mac. It was a Peterbilt. <laughs> Mac, of course, short for Mac truck. And Peterbilt being a different brand of semi-truck. He is trying to race back to the interstate when he runs through Radiator Springs, a small town, a small forgotten town, that is, on Route 66. He flies past an old cop car, kind of reminded me of Barney Fife. And by the way, if Barney Fife would have been able to voice this, wouldn't that have been hilarious? Ugh, oh, yeah. Don that Knotts would have been, been brilliant. That would have been yes. fantastic. Love Don Knotts. Huge fan of him. Anyways, the old cop car chasing him down through town and lightning. Um, uh, thanks to not having any high, uh, headlights, they're just stickers since he's a stock car. Uh, he makes a mess of the town, pulling an old statue of the town's founder through the city and tearing up the main road. <clears throat> Mac shows up to the track in California, but there is no lightning McQueen. McQueen wakes up in the impound in Radiator Springs when we are introduced to the real star of the film, in my opinion, Tomater. <laughs> A rusty old truck, of course, played by Larry the Cable Guy. And we will talk about him in a minute here. Uh, Lightning gets brought to traffic court, which I thought was hilarious, where he meets the judge who immediately played, uh, of course, is, which is Doc Hudson, played by Paul Newman, who immediately throws him out of town and dismisses the case until the prosecutive, prosecuting attorney drives in a cute little Porsche that, of course, Lightning McQueen thinks is his lawyer and he's going to smooch her, but then quickly finds out that this cute little Porsche is not his lawyer, but the prosecuting attorney, like I said. Her name is Sally, and she convinces everyone, including Doc, that McQueen should fix the road he destroyed. Sally is played by Bonnie Hunt, and let me say this. I think she may have done the next to Larry, the cable guy, the best job because Bonnie hunts a good actress, but she voiced Sally to perfection. In my opinion, um, that's the first half of the film, Chris. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the, how they introduced it, how the, how the first part of the film was. And I want your thoughts on Bonnie hunt and what you thought Owen Wilson did as Lightning McQueen to open up this film. So, yeah, Eric, I'm with you. I definitely think that the high point here was Larry the Cable Guy as Mater. I, I loved, and we only got to see a glimpse of him in this first uh, initial section of the movie. But right from the very go, I think he just kind of steals the show. Um Sally, the courtroom scene, uh, Bonnie Hunt as Sally, I think is absolutely tremendous. She plays this character spot on through the entire movie. Um, I'll tell you, I really loved Michael Keaton's character, Chick Hicks as well. He really had kind of this Dale Earnhardt Sr. vibe about him. Um, you know, I, I love the way that that character, they, they built that up. And then... I would say that 
And don't get me wrong, because it wasn't bad. I thought it was a good overall performance. Um, Owen Wilson just, I mean, he was good as Lightning McQueen, but he didn't, I think, wow me the way that the others did. I think, he, like I say, he's very good. But it almost feels kind of like this is just his personality. Yeah. You know, a little bit a little bit arrogant, uh, a little bit, you know, comes off as cocky and maybe a little bit better than. Um, and I think it played well into this role. Um, but, yeah, I loved the, the way they built the characters up. I loved John Ra- uh, Ratzenberger, uh, as I said, as Mac. Um, you know, and the interactions between him and Lightning there is – as as lightning's like, oh well, don't worry, you can you can keep going. I'll stay awake with you. And the next scene is him asleep. Uh, you know, it was. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, for me, I, I wish that they would have done a little more right out of the gate with Paul Newman's character because I really loved his character overall. Um. But it definitely built up slower with him, I think, than it did with the others. Yeah, true. But I, that, I think that was by design, though, too. I'm sure it was, but yeah. I just think – I thought Sally just blew it out of the park, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Bonnie Hunt is, Bonnie like you Hunt, said, yeah. an incredible actress anyhow. Um, But, yeah, I thought she did a tremendous job, and like you said – Probably second to only Larry the Cable Guy there uh, in the initial scene and, and really pretty much through the whole movie. All right. So I thought it was a very strong opening act. You had the action at the beginning. You got great introductions to everybody. But the meat of this film, in my opinion, is the second act. It's, it's, it is yeah. so strong. Where most films fall apart here or drag, I think this is the meat of the, of the movie. And which yeah. is which is why Cars, in my opinion, is is beyond just an animated film. It is a it's a piece of work. It it it's a classic, like you said. So we have Lightning McQueen. Uh, he's gets out of his parking boot, and takes off, just trying to get out of Dodge, right, leaving the town behind him. Um, before he has to start paving that road, but as he gets out of town. He runs out of gas, which they purposely did to yeah. make sure he wouldn't run away. So he's brought back, hooked up to old Bessie, uh, the new the paving machine there in town. And he's got to pave this road uh, as his community service of punishment when a pair of minivans find themselves lost and needing to find their way back to the freeway. They get bombarded by these cast of characters in this community, um, which just completely freaks them out uh, because they're just not used to seeing customers anymore or anybody traveling through their community because of this new freeway. Um, These minivans then see Lightning McQueen, who tries to tell him he's being held against his will, and they lock their doors and fly out of town. And then, of course, they make a appearance at the very end of the film as they're lost in the desert and the male minivan refuses to ask for directions still very cute scene uh mcqueen envisions chick getting the new uh, dynaco sponsorship and this motivates him to kick it into high gear getting the road paved in record time but it is so awful so bad 
that they can't even drive on the road and the town confronts him in which he replies that it matches the road matches the rest of the town. Ouch. Deep cut to everybody, right? This makes the fire fire engine cry, which I think is just hilarious. Uh, by One the of way, my the, favorite scenes. Yeah, the fire engine crying throughout the movie is hilarious. Doc then challenges McQueen to a race on a dirt track. And if Lightning wins, he can leave. And if Doc wins, well, then Lightning has to fix the road. Um, and he has to do it the right way. Lightning McQueen thinks this will that he's going to just smoke this old timer, so he agrees. Um, uh, of course, we know how this goes, right? It, I mean, they get out there to the track, and old Doc, who is really Doc Hudson, uh, the, the old Hornet, right? Uh, the Hudson Hornet, uh, the wise old uh, race car, knows how to race on dirt. McQueen... The new rookie obviously doesn't. McQueen goes flying off the road, and Doc Doc wins, which means McQueen has to get and fix the road the right way. Um, so the next morning, uh, the town wakes up, and McQueen actually has a portion of the road fixed properly. And they are just tickled pink as they go cruising around up and down the asphalt. And... Um, then Doc's like, huh, I'm surprised he did this. And then he finds Lightning out at the dirt track trying to make that turn. He just can't do it. Um, Doc tries to help uh, McQueen out by teaching him. But McQueen, of course, just still a little bit too cocky yet. Hasn't been humbled yet. He won't listen. Um, and then Sally offers a, a, a peace offering here and asks if uh, if Lightning would like to stay at her hotel. And um, – so there's some of that going on. And then Mater really cozies up to McQueen here, befriends him. And that night, Mater takes him tractor tipping. <laughs> now, Chris, I don't know if you've ever been cow tipping. I'm from a, oh, I'm from the country. I've been cow tipping. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious, dude. It's fun. Yeah. It's It's crazy. And I adore this scene absolutely adore it one of my favorite of course you know mater says we just got to make sure we don't wake old frank up right and of course uh in his first attempt mcqueen revs his engine engine since he doesn't have a horn this tips over the entire field of tractors which wakes frank up who is a combine he then frank chases them out of the field and mater and lightning uh, mcqueen begin bonding and then Mater calls him his best friend. Oh, gosh, just so heartfelt, right? Uh, Lightning stumbles into Doc's old garage in the next scene where he finds out that Doc, like I said, is actually the Hudson Hornet, a three-time Piston Cup winner who's been hiding the truth of who he was away from everybody here at, in this little town, uh, Radiator Springs. Lightning then tells the town, hey, Doc was a race car, but none of them knew knew that he was, nor believe Lightning, Lightning McQueen that Doc was a race car. That is when Sally and Lightning take a drive. They end up at the Wheel Well, one of the most popular stops on the old Route 66, and she tells him her story of how she ended up in Radiator Springs, and she tells him how that this, before the interstate, Radiator Springs was a thriving community. Lightning next finds Doc by the track and sees him running like the old champ that he was. 
Doc tells him how that he had a big wreck that uh, that the racing world left him behind. And uh, Doc tells him to go finish the road and get out of here, get out of the town. That night, he does just that, leaving the town wondering where he went. But then lightning shows up. He didn't leave like they all thought he did since finishing the road. He's still there. He gets new tires at Luigi's. He gets some organic fuel, a bumper sticker, which I think is like tattoos in the movie, I'm guessing. Uh, he gets a new paint job, and they basically he goes to every stop there, every store there in Radiator Springs, and helps out every person in that community. He has made a change for the better, and that is when the media finds out that where he is. They show up in droves, Chris, uh, here at Radiator Springs. Um, Harv, his agent, tells him he needs to leave pronto. Sally thanks him for what he's done for Radiator Springs. You can tell that they have have a spark, some chemistry, and as Mater would like to say, their boyfriend, girlfriend kissing in a tree, right? Um, anyways, uh, when they find uh, – he gets in in the back of the truck kind of being ushered in by the media, and Doc, and Mac pulls away when, the, when Sally finds out that – excuse me, Mac pulls away when Sally finds out that it was Doc who called the media to tell – the media where he was that he was at radiator springs um she overhears this and it upset and it upsets her very much that he had done this and that's really the meat of the of the movie chris the transition that lightning mcqueen makes from being the hot rod to a part of a community where he through his hard work and and his um i guess uh forgiveness of what he had done to their community. Um, he gets friends. He makes friends, something he did not have. And he admitted he didn't have at the beginning of the movie. Um, a friend in need is a friend indeed. And I think that that is what the bulk of this movie is teaching us here. Yeah. And I'll tell you this movie, I mean, let's face it. it it's, it's a cartoon movie. It was directed at kids but I think there's a lot of great lessons in the movie and, and it actually has a lot of layers to it, especially this section of the movie. I mean, you have a budding relationship going between, as you mentioned, Sally and lightning. You have a great bromance starting between lightning and, uh, Mater. Mater. And then I think you've got this great mentor student type relationship going, uh, are beginning to, to blossom a little bit between uh, Doc and Lightning. Uh, and then just, you know, like you said, the the transition, the, the maturing that he goes through in his time in Radiator Springs, uh, it's, it's a great story. And there is a lot of lessons that can be, you know, pulled out of this section of the movie. I absolutely love this part of the movie. I love the race at the beginning uh, with with uh, him and Doc, where you know he takes off and bolts away, and Doc's just sitting there in the dust, and he's just like, "Come on, Mater, I think I'm gonna need your help on this one. <laughs> Got your tow cable, <laughs> uh, you know." So there was some little great little comic uh, relief in there. You even you had a little bit of sexual tension between two automated cars. I mean, it's. Just so much that this movie had to offer, specifically in this this neat part of the movie. I thought the interactions between uh, Doc and uh, Lightning were great when Lightning was in the garage. 
and the whole concept of the, and it comes back to play a role that I'm sure you'll probably mention here as you go through the last half, the idea that it was just a cup without liquid, Mm. Uh, you know, um, as far as the trophy goes. So, you know, just a lot of great little lessons in there. I loved it. I thought the meat of the movie was absolutely great. And you're right. Where we criticize so many movies for the movie slowing down in this part, I think this was perfect. It was spot on. Yeah, it, it really was. It was almost a flawless middle part of the movie, which is, again, something that I, a lot of movies. I mean, I could probably name several sports movies offhand that the middle part of the movie is it holds up well. Uh, I would say probably. Um, well, let's think about this for a second, because you've got uh, you've got um, Rudy probably does well. Yeah. Um, remember the Titans? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Hoosiers. Uh, probably Field of Dreams. Rocky. The Sandlot. Yeah. Caddyshack. I might be it. You know, like it, like it's really hard to think of movies in the middle that don't lag or, or fall apart a little bit. And this this is right up there with that. All right, the closing scene. Here we go. Closing act. Now at the racetrack in California, McQueen is distracted thinking about all his time back at Radiator Springs, how much he loved it there, the people. And it's really distracting him from competing against the king and chick here. And so he spins out. uh, But then when he spins out, he sees all his friends from Radiator Springs have gone come to the race. And lo and behold, who's his new crew chief? The Hudson Hornet himself, Doc. This motivates him. He catches back up, including a backwards move that Mater taught him, by the way, which yeah. I thought was phenomenal. Hilarious. And then uh, <laughs> the the pit stop where Guido gives him a fresh new four <laughs> tires and the fastest pit stop in history. What a great, great twist to that movie. And it, it makes the mustaches, which are the grills on the on the uh, tow, tow trucks there. Um, yeah, little. Uh, I I thought that was hilarious. They fall off in, in disbelief. I uh, love that. <clears throat> Anyways, my my fourteen year old Eric was sitting here. My fourteen year old daughter was watching this with me at this point, and that part made her crack up laughing. Oh, it's great. Uh, McQueen uses the uh, dirt track trick that Doc taught him uh, in the last lap there um, to take the lead after Chick tried to wreck him, but then Chick, who's fallen behind the king says, I'm not going to lose to you again. And he wrecks the king in his final lap, in his final race, and it's a bad wreck. McQueen sees this, and he hits the brakes right and stops right in front of the finish line. That When if he would have crossed, he would have won. This allows Chick to catch up and cross and win the race. But then McQueen turns around, he goes back, and he helps push the king across the finish line and literally – Everyone inside the entire stadium roars, the entire crowd, every car there begin to cheer what what Lightning McQueen is doing by by pushing the king across because he says, I will not let you not uh, not finish in your last race. And then Chick finds himself in the winner's circle. Everyone's booing him, throwing things at him. He's like, where's my trophy? And then they throw the cup at him you know, and it hits him. Uh, where's the confetti? And they they like uh, hit the hit him with the confetti um and so he realizes even though he won it's empty it, it, his victory is empty because of what he did 
Dinoco then comes over and offers McQueen the sponsorship. And he goes, but I didn't win. And they said, hey, some things in racing are bigger than winning. But then Lightning decides, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and stick with Rusty's. He said, these guys gave me my first break, my first sponsorship. I'm going to stick with them. And it, it shows that he not only gained some friends when in Radiator Springs, but he learned what loyalty meant. Um, and then he gives Mater that promised helicopter ride, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Lightning's success instantly gives Radiator Springs some instant credibility and people start showing up uh, to, to Radiator Springs and getting business. And I like love the line, like, this is the best place to get tires, Lightning McQueen told us. I yeah. thought that was great. Um, he's, Lightning, they say that Lightning set up his new racing headquarters in Radiator Springs. They open up a new uh, museum where they have Mater giving tours and showing people the history of the Hudson Hornet and – and then he and Sally open up that uh, new hotel, which was the classic best uh, number one stop on the Route 66. And their their friendship is op- obviously blossoming as the film ends. Cute, happy, how uh, how a good kids movie should end. Uh, I think this might be not only the greatest sports animated film, I would say it's one of the greatest animated films of all time. And I'm talking about, you know, Bambi. Uh, I'm talking about uh, all the Disney princess movies, you know, Pocahontas. Uh, I'm, I'm, I really think The Lion King. I think this movie's at least in the top five, in my opinion. Well, and I think it holds up better than all those movies that you mentioned, Eric. I mean, the the lessons in there, I think, are, are valuable and still, you know to this day are, are still valuable. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I love the way that the movie ended. Absolutely a great scene. The, the show of maturity on the part of lightning, the, the respect factor for the older retiring car, um, the, the respect shown to lightning McQueen by the, the owner of uh, the, the, the King's race team, just awesome. Um, one of my favorite little scenes, and, and it, it's just hardly a blip in there, but right at the end too, when uh, Mario Andretti, the Mario Andretti car goes into the, get the new tires. Yeah. And he says something to uh, Luigi and he just falls over and passes out. Yeah. And then right yeah. after that, he says something to the, the, oh, what's the little guy's name? Who's the quick little guy on the, I can't remember the character's name now, but he said something to him and, it's yeah. and he passes out. It was just, it was great. I absolutely loved it. Love the film. I would highly recommend it, not only for kids, but I would recommend it for adults. It was a lot of fun to watch. Again, Guido. Like said, Guido. Guido, that, yes. That was it. Had not seen this like you. Had not seen this movie in years. Um, thought it had a great little soundtrack to go with it. Oh, yeah. Um just everything about this movie was right. Well, how right was it? Let's find out, shall we? Let's add it to our flick chart, Chris. Here we go. <clears throat> Cars from 2006 up against Slapshot 
from 1977. Couple Paul Newman movies. That's a tough one to go up against right off the bat. I'm going to go Cars, but Slapshot's good. Slapshot's awful good. You know what, though? I actually think Cars holds up better. Okay. Give me Cars. All right. So we shall. Cars. Oh, my gosh. Talk about two tough films right off the bat. Cars against from 1979, Rocky Two. Eric, I love Cars, but Rocky Two is just classic. Yeah, it's, it's iconic. Give me Rocky Two. Yes, I agree. All right, Cars against from 1992, The Mighty Ducks. Oh, you know this is actually pretty tough. I know. I'm gonna go with Cars. You know, barely. My instinct is to go. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Mighty Ducks here. Let's flip this one out. All right. Heads, it's cars. Tails, it's Mighty Ducks. Let's see what happens. Oh, and I dropped my quarter, of course. Give me a second. It's getting late here, folks, so I'm getting a little shaky. Here we go. One more time. Heads, it is Mighty Ducks. No. Uh, cars was my uh, heads right you had tails. Yes. yep all right cars cars gets it okay cars against the replacements from 2000 man cars is getting brutal brutal matchups yeah it's one two of the three can it win a fourth one here you know Ooh, i don't know man what do I, you I love the replacements i'm gonna take the replacements i think let's flip for it i think cars might be a little bit better Tails, the replacements gets it. All right, next up, cars against the longest yard from 1974. Wow, you know we talk, Eric. We we talk about it's all about the matchups. These are some rough matchups. Um, I think I'm leaning cars. I actually think I am as well. All right. I think I think it's about the hold up factor. I think give me the car, give me cars. Well, yeah. Cars against from two thousand and four dodgeball. Oh, I love me some Vince Vaughn. Two friends here going up against one another. Yeah. Weren't they in Wedding Crashers together? Yes, they were. Uh, I give think me dodgeball. Go, okay, I'm gonna go cars. We're gonna flip again. This is becoming the flip one here, and it's heads. Cars gets it. Cars against the blind side from 2009. My gosh. Every I, one of I, these is tough. I wow. I got to go to the blind side on this one. Again, I think I'm going to lean cars slightly. I just think cars has got, it's just got something different. Uh, maybe it's just because it's animated and I feel like it just kind of takes it over the top a little bit. All right, here we go. And back to tails. So the blind side gets it. Cars is now 32 on our list. That's not bad. All right. Let's see here. So 30 to 40. Here we go. Number 30, the replacements. 31, the blind side. Cars now sits at 32. Dodgeball, 33. The longest yard, 34. White men can't jump, 35. Coach Carter, 36. The Mighty Ducks, 37. Any given Sunday, 38. The Legend of Beggar Vance, 39. And Jerry Maguire, 40. That's quite the list. That sounds like a pretty good uh, movie marathon weekend right there. No kidding, man. Wow. 
Well, there you have it, guys. Cars is now 32. It's added to our flick chart. We have 97 movies. After next week, Chris, we'll be over 100 movies on our flick chart. But what are we going to be watching next week? Well, I'll tell you what, Eric. Cars was a lot of fun this week. But next week, I think we're going to take something that's a little more serious uh, at spin on sports. Uh, and we're going to watch The Express. Uh, the Express, of course, is based on the true story of Ernie Davis, the Syracuse running back who in 1961 became the first African-American player to win the Heisman Trophy. Nice. I I watched this film for the first time about two years ago, I think it was. Um, and I was su- pleasantly surprised of it. It is very heavy, like you said. A lot of, lot of racial tension in this, in this film. So... This will be interesting to see where the, it ends up falling because it's it's a good movie, but it's unpleasant is how I would describe it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. So. Very, very cool. All right, my man. All right. Well, that does it for today's show. Remember to please rank and review our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts. Also, make sure you're following us at facebook.com backslash varsity videos. Until next time, see you on the field, on the court, and in the theaters. Have a good night, everyone. Good night, everybody.